0: All right, all right all right welcome back episode number two of ugly duckling in the bright orange future i'm here with my real life brother maddie g how are you matt i'm good how are you i'm doing well and i am uh, Corey cory clipston uh co-host of this badass new podcast slash youtube show and uh, also the founder of SwanBitcoin.com. check it out and uh matt it is, uh, what day is it? It's July 6th. It's Monday. We had the 4th of July on a Saturday, which in any normal year would have been an incredibly lucky and, and festive occurrence, but uh, mm, mm. put a little crimp in the, in the <laughs> celebrations. Did you still get to enjoy some fireworks with the family? T-
1: I'll tell you what, we were uh, keeping a low profile. Uh, we had the windows and doors closed in our house and all around us, it felt like everybody had huge fireworks. I mean, I've never heard this neighborhood explode like this. It was uh, it was madness, and uh, we tried to avoid it. We got we got two cats and a dog that get a little bit spooked, and so uh, the fireworks aren't enjoyable for this family. We don't we don't really like them, so huh. no big deal. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, my, my kiddos at five and two were very excited about fireworks yeah. and very sad not to have them. But uh, oh, yeah. there were some pretty good displays on YouTube that we were able to <laughs> partake in and show off on the big screen. So, you know. I saw
1: this video of Los Angeles, like 4th of July. Yeah. And the whole city was just... It, it was I mean, constant. Yeah, there was, were
0: there were two good views. One was like East LA just went bananas. And then the whole San yeah. Fernando Valley, was just an entire... City the stuff, the, the stuff
1: that you can apparently buy now, you know. for Oh, for the... you saw
0: the one that looked like it had the turrets going like back and forth, and yeah, I mean, it was it, yeah, it was crazy.
1: This stuff people just have. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Fourth of July. Mm. Yeah. Too loud. Too loud for me.
0: Too loud. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, you know, uh, I worked a little bit uh, each day. Over the long weekend as is kind of normal running a business in a time when the weekdays blend into the weekends and everybody's hustling how are you not
1: when what would you say you're when you're not working like like if you're not with your kids you're basically working
0: basically all the
1: time yeah it seems like you work all
0: the time i i do kind of i mean that's that's (laughs) the good and the bad of having a computer in your pocket is like you're always available Uh, and always have something you could be doing to further the cause. And you basically have to make a calculus at some point that uh, you and your company are going to be better off if you sometimes put it down and just recharge. And then essentially that your productivity, when you're back on again, is going to be so much higher that it will be, it will have been worth it to not be on for those hours. Uh, And you got to have to kind of like find, find that balance where you can maintain your mental and physical health and uh, and otherwise, yeah, it pretty much goes into the company.
1: But what I like about it, you know, what I appreciate about you is, is you think about these things and you think about these balances and you analyze them and then you utilize them. You, you uh, take it into your life. You're, you're an analytical person by nature.
0: Well, even if you, you have the math wrong, <clears throat> which I'm sure I do, like even if you have the math wrong, what it does is it lets you take a run and tell you that the run without your phone is good for the business because it probably is or that you know if you're gonna keep a happy family which is like the you know screwing up your family is probably like the worst thing for a startup because that's what makes you tank the startup because you don't care about it anymore so if you Mm. decide like hey it's good for the company that my my wife and family are happy and that i'm happy in my family then it makes sense to uh, put the phone away for a few hours while you're putting the kids to bed that kind of thing um you know, then it's easy to justify that and easy to stick to it and not think that you should you know be on Twitter at that point or answering support emails or whatever it is nice yeah yeah because I don't have the benefit of like a physical place where my work happens and there's no more work to do when I leave the physical place um, which I've had before it's just been a long time
1: yeah is
0: I mean, that, your does, work your work yeah. is not totally done when you leave the giddy up Shout out, Gideon, no, free lard. No.
1: No. No. <laughs> no, the restaurant uh, is a living organism that pulses and then <laughs> things are always going wrong and somebody's always calling me or texting me with something. I mean, like through the weekend I had many fires to put out or at least yeah. a couple. Um, and a lot of them are little And but it's, it's just, there's just always something. I mean, the other thing is having employees, you know, which yeah. you can relate to as well as having you know once you get over fifteen employees uh it gets tricky because you're you're involved with all these people's lives, and, yep. and they're in you you know for me i'm like I'm, I want them to be thriving, I want them to be happy I want them I'm worried about them I'm, you know I'm like. Uh, I want them to have a good quality life and be happy at work and all these things. And in general, you know, Giddyup's a really good family. Um, and it works out, but it's, it's a lot of work.
0: Yeah. <sighs> well, Be careful I, uh, people. Be, uh, careful be careful when you're thinking about opening up your own restaurant.
1: Be careful. <laughs> or Talk to me first.
0: Be kind. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you do want to ask questions of us, by the way, uh, one of the best ways to do that is actually on Telegram. So if you go to t.me slash swan signal, that's, uh, that's the permanent group for this show and our other show that Swan puts out, Swan Signal. So t.me slash swan signal, if you wanna ask us any questions or have guest ideas for us or topics you want us to hit, go ahead and pop in there and, and Matt and I are both in there and you can uh, you can chat with us anytime. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Matt, uh, and I'll get into this with uh, just a little story. Uh, this is kind of fun. So I'm guessing I was probably it was probably after fifth grade, because I think you had, you had, you're seven years older than me. So I think you had finished high school, 88. So it was probably like summer of 88 or, or like that fall or something. And I think you had gone to uh, Denver to go to Metro for a year or two and do some ski right, school. Right. Just mm-hmm. skiing and stuff, and uh, you'd left a couple of CDs behind and a CD player, and uh, it was my first two rock CDs. I was buying like crappy pop CDs and and rap CDs. The rap CDs were quite good actually, but uh, the only yeah. two rock CDs I had uh, were uh, one was really really good and one was like questionable. But I had I had <laughs> yeah. no way of discerning the difference between the two because I was like ten or eleven and just didn't really have any guidance because the person who left me the CDs wasn't able to tell me, Hey, this one is the Joshua tree by you too. And you should probably mm-hmm. listen to this one a lot. And this other one is the Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't need to listen to that one as much. The uh, Hooters. I, spent, I spent months playing both of them, like switching them back and forth back to back, like before I finally figured out, just listen to the one of them. Uh, and it, it was, it just reminded me like, how much time you can avoid wasting and how much further ahead you can get like very quickly in life in almost any pursuit if you have good present guidance and someone that actually cares. Um, So I just thought that was a kind of funny example Mm. of what happens when you're missing the guidance that goes along with this new gift that's been given to you. Just, Uh, yeah, just left to figure it out on your own. Left to figure it out. Yeah,
1: Sometimes you need some guidance. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. (laughs) <laughs> the Hooters CD or ever buying a, the Hooters CD or ever owning the Hooters CD. But yeah. maybe I did. I mean, they I mean, were they're... a big, they were kind of big in the eighties they had. Yeah. And so somehow maybe I ended up with that CD. I know Listen, that I'm just I purchased... gonna
0: say I'm going to say that your senior year haircut looked a little bit more like one of the guys from the Hooters than like one of the guys from U2. Just going to say that.
1: Uh, Circa 88 mullet frosted. Um, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. You're right. Although I think that I, was yeah. actually just the Agassiz at the time.
1: Uh I was moving into an Agassiz look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh Yeah, I I mean that that era U2 is is so untouchable. It's so great. Uh you know, the early, you know, the un- unforgettable fire, you know, uh I remember when I first discovered U2, it was like a shot to my soul it was like Mm -hmm. I got turned on plugged into something important because they were really really felt like a protest band at first you know they're you know when you watch that early stuff they're just like they're singing about some real stuff you know it's so raw I love I just I just love it and I it just yeah it meant so much to me that music it was it was huge huge influence huge influence um and uh that's funny. I, I don't remember leaving those behind. That's great. I could, the Hooters. The Hooters I'd have to look up to even figure out what those uh, songs were.
0: Um, all I remember uh, is there was a song called Johnny B. It was like, Johnny B, why can't you see Just open your eyes and listen to me. Uh, that's all I remember. It was terrible. Yeah,
1: anyway. I think they were on some soundtracks probably.
0: so, so here's where mentorship. Mentors, heading, mentorship. Yeah. Here's where I was kind of <laughs> heading with this. Uh, you know, Obviously we've talked to a lot recently about your career as a musician and then obviously like running the restaurant now, but there was a, a a big fat, very important, what, eight years in the middle of the donut hole there where you were, uh, a school teacher uh, for your daughter's school and running the music and sports and drama programs, I believe. Yes. And, uh, I would just love to hear Mm -hmm. a little bit about your approach to, to teaching.
1: It was, um, yeah, that, that job, uh, changed a lot of my thinking on how, how people learn and the importance of, uh, of mentorship and of, of careful guidance of people that you care about. And it's such a great relationship because it's great for the mentoree and it's great for the mentor. I learned so much more when I was kind of, teaching young people about something that we were both passionate about because it, it, re, it, it got me better at stuff. It got me better at uh, playing the guitar when I was teaching the guitar. I started to get better at guitar when I was you know teaching a little bit of, and, and I'm not an expert in any of these things, which also kind of helped because uh, in teaching, it was like we would discover ways of learning that each of us liked. I didn't go into a, to a situation with a student, let's say we were gonna learn guitar, for instance. And at first, I would have a very preconceived notion of what it is to learn the guitar, and I had kind of what an idea in my head about what I should show first and what you should practice first. And some of these things are good, are, 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 are valid. But I also realized that every single person had a different way of learning mm-hmm. that I taught and that being sensitive to that allowed me to be a better teacher if that makes sense like yeah. it's like oh this person just wants to like learn how to like like uh all the parts of the guitar the wood and the different pieces and holding it and you know yeah this person wants to do chords and wants to just learn how to make songs and they just want the basics The other person wants to do lead guitar you know like it's and yeah. then the, the, and if you accessed that excitement from them and, and the point where, where the where the most excitement was it would spread to the other things that they had to learn yeah you know
0: oh, that's um, super interesting
1: yeah uh, and I can't you know in terms of the mentorship and the with young people it was also like, it would spill over into life, you know, as well. A lot of these people I was working with were teenagers and they were having issues and going through stuff and uh, we'd be in there having a music class and then they'd be talking about their relationship with their parents or something, you know, and it would be this deeper relationship that would evolve when you have time to give to somebody, to to learn, to teach, to nurture, you know, it would make this, this two-way street, uh, possible. That was awesome. I was, I, I loved it. And like you said, I, I ended up having, uh, my daughter grew up in that school. Um, uh, it's called the Clearwater school. Shout out to the Clearwater school. <laughs> um, and, uh, I've seen the way she has, uh, Oh, by the way the Clearwater School is an alternative school so if you want to look it up you can look it up at the Clearwater School in, in Washington State but um she just has a very uh capable way of of approaching new things and when she's trying to learn a new thing or or go out into the world and and do something new she isn't afraid to ask questions, to find a mentor, to um, just attack it really in a way that she's not waiting for somebody to, to give her the okay. She's just like, oh, I want to be, she, like, like her approach to being a musician is, is I'm, I love it. I think it was way better than my approach. Mm-hmm. She's just, uh, she, she's got all these people she works with, like producers, um, mixers, different rappers that do collaborations with her, different instrumentalists, and she's got this community that she's just she's just not afraid to ask for help, to get out there to and, and 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 she did this before she had any uh you know any track record yet, you know. Yeah. And it was amazing for me to see how many people wanted to help her out, you know, cuz she did put herself out there.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you had a a big part in I think making her feel like that was a very normal place to be, since you've been singing with her on stage since she was four. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. She she early on loved loved to get on stage. That's true. She's a ham bum like me. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Fearless. I love it. Yeah. No, it's funny you mentioned I, I what you just said about uh, finding the specific way that any one kid wanted to learn something or or what was going to help them learn, like how correlated that is in my work, uh, trying to help people get into Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's this thing where people relate to it in different ways. Some people just want to buy it because numbers go up. Some people get really interested in the tech. Some people come at it from kind of like a libertarian point of view because they want to, you know, buy and sell 3D printed gun software, things like that. They don't want to do that on the grid. Um, you know, so there's not necessarily one magic bullet. Now there is, you know, like a general theme that works if you only have one shot and you only have one minute to get the point across, you know, this sort of like Bitcoin as a savings technology number go up, you know, going to be a global money someday kind of thing like that works mm-hmm. on most people, but almost in the same way that if you're going to have like a lecture hall with like a thousand people, you're going to all get the same speech but if you really wanted to get the point across maybe you show that lecture to you know the thousand people but if you're going to have breakout sessions where you actually had the opportunity to hear the different things that people wanted to drill in on that's when you could go really nitty-gritty and you could say like oh this person really gets interested in bitcoin when they can actually get their hands on it and they can play with a hardware wallet or they can right. understand something deeply about how the network works and exactly like their their major question is like can governments really not take this thing down and so if you explain that then they're just like over and, and you know headed down the rabbit hole that kind of thing So. You know, you, you've got to try different things and you've got to approach people, you know, in different ways, give them the headline message, but then also kind of meet them where they are and and discover what's going to be compelling to them and what's going to make them want to switch. And the most powerful thing by far is to switch from them being uh, just sort of like passive acceptors of information to going and then proactively wanting to practice guitar or find songs that they like and that they want to learn how to play with or without assistance or, you know, in the Bitcoin case, like things that they want to experiment with or, you know, aspects of the system that they want to go deeper on and learn about for themselves. So I think it's, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that I was going to be running an educational company. But that's essentially, you know, we don't have a head of marketing. Brady, Citizen Bitcoin is our head of education and we're all just kind of thinking all the time about how to educate people because, you know, as I often say, you know, one's propensity to store value in the Bitcoin protocol is directly correlated to their understanding of Bitcoin. So all your job is as a marketer of a Bitcoin service or product is basically to educate people about Bitcoin and they'll buy more if they understand it.
1: And that's kind of interesting because then you've got, kind of uh, all the different uh, people that are into Bitcoin or maybe have different Bitcoin companies or whatever, they all have that in common.
0: They do. Yeah. Which
1: is kind of a cool thing. It's like, I was, I was also thinking, <laughs> it's nice. I don't have to educate people about, uh, about food every time they come up to the restaurant and order, you know, like if I had to be like, okay, let me explain a hamburger to you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Now this, this might blow your mind. Now just, just, just settle down, you know, like, yeah, you know, I don't have to do that, which is nice. Um, the
0: flip side of that is let's say that there weren't any hamburgers in Seattle and nobody in Seattle had ever heard of a hamburger. That's right. And you were Both. able to educate somebody about a hamburger to the point that they tried it once. And you were the right. only person that sold it. Nice. That's where we are in the Bitcoin space, you know, doing things for Bitcoiners and people who are new to Bitcoin. Yes, it's a hurdle, but once people get in, you know, the, the number of purveyors of what they're looking for is just so, so small, um, that, you know, if you do a good job with education and have a good product or a good service, uh, you can have really good business.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so I think that's a good quick moment for, uh, just, you know, our sponsor, our, Our sp- we have a sponsor. We have a sponsor. It's uh, it's swanbitcoin.com, Yay. and uh, if you go to swanbitcoin.com/hrf as in Human Rights Foundation, uh, we will don- make a donation uh, to Human Rights Foundation uh, when you sign up for a, a Swan membership. And uh, you'll also get $10 of free Bitcoin when your plan activates. So that should be super fun. And shout out to Alex Gladstein and the HRF team for the great work they do. Glad to uh, be able to contribute in our small way. Uh, Swan again is uh, automatic withdrawal from a bank account, automatic purchase of Bitcoin and automatic withdrawal to your self custody. Should you so choose? We recommend it, but you can also leave it with us in our custodian prime trust, and uh, we'll just keep it for you for free until you're uh, up to speed and ready to take self-custody. And that can be as long as you want. Um, so what else, Matt? We, uh, we, we, were, we were eager to follow this, uh, this Max Kaiser, who's a good friend of ours and will be on a lot of these shows. Uh, he recently went on uh, Pat, Patrick Bet David's show, Valuetainment, uh, and that aired last week. And I thought that was gonna be a really nice angle to get uh, Patrick on one of our shows or to go on his show or to kind of bring him into the fold. Uh, the next episode that Patrick aired was uh, of him interviewing uh, Craig Wright, who's kind of like the, uh, the trader black beast fraudster of, of the Bitcoin space, who started a, uh, a competitive uh, coin, basically, that's just trash. Oh really? Um yeah. So it's uh it's been interesting as Max and he have kind of squabbed a little bit. So I'm not hundred percent sure that we're gonna have this beautiful relationship with Patrick, but we'll see. I have a meeting with him in a couple of days and we'll see, you know, if he uh if he really meant to, to have Craig Wright on his show or if we can uh continue the orange pilling of Patrick and get his two million subscribers uh
1: to Is see he, the light. Uh, yeah. I guess, is he uh, a Bitcoiner or is he a more of just a, a bit curious kind of person? Yeah,
0: Patrick, is, Patrick just became a bit curious, basically, because Max went on his show. And uh, I, see. I don't think that Max knew that, that Patrick was going to interview this other guy soon after. And I don't know if that was pre-planned or if it was just happenstance or whatever. But um, no, it's just interesting. I mean, it's kind of like the thesis of of doing this show is like let's do some things that are kind of adjacent to Bitcoin, and you know that's kind of like financial entertainment, talking about you know stocks and real estate and entrepreneurship, and we're talking about music and culture and Gen X and and some of the things that kind of uh, are are around Bitcoin from more the uh, the social side of things. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be interesting thinking again about. who we reach out to and who we want to bring on this show. And we talked about a lot of musicians last week, which I think is super interesting. Um, You know, we definitely, I think you and I both believe there's an opportunity with, uh, with comics, especially since so many of them are doing podcasts now. Uh, I think you sent me the link for uh, Bill Burr having uh, Anthony Pompliano who's an old, old friend i didn't realize you do
1: anthony pompliano when i said yeah like somebody sent me that link because nice. i said look i'm doing a I, i'm just starting this podcast with my brother and uh, it's going to be you know he's the ceo of a bitcoin company i own a restaurant we'll see what happens no yeah uh, exactly. uh, they're really they were like that's cool you gotta check this out they sent me that clip and that's mm-hmm. what i was telling you about it and okay. uh it was really funny to see uh, how excited. It was the Bill Burr podcast, it's called, mm-hmm. if anyone wants to watch it. It's, it's really it's a, a great episode, I think. And uh, Bill Burr uh, was so intrigued by Bitcoin. And what would happen, unfortunately, is right when uh, Pompliano would get to like, a major point,
0: it the tank would fall
1: apart and it would yeah. freeze. It happened like three times in a row. It was really weird, but still, yeah, they funny. still get to it. It's worth watching. But uh, Bill Burr is funny because he asks really funny questions, like, "If we can just print money, why don't we just print money for everybody and pass it out to everybody and solve it? Right. You know, like, what's what's the deal? Yeah. You know, why can't
0: why can't we all be millionaires?
1: Why, why, why not? He just print it."
0: Yeah. No, it's interesting. I think I I do think that comics are uniquely well suited to having conversations about Bitcoin just because they're so used to being so dialed in, in real time, because (laughs) of having to react to crowds and in particular, the ones that, you know, do a lot of club shows and and things like that, because they have to just be so sharp just to exist in that profession. Yeah. So they're incredibly good listeners. They're incredibly quick on their feet. And, you know, they comedy mostly comes from making observations and asking questions that most other people aren't asking or mm-hmm. things that they aren't observing. Uh, so they're just kind of like definitionally contrarian, right. You know, unless they're a physical right. comic or something. So I think that it's going to be uh, a really fertile area and that we should, you know, certainly reach out to that community and, and try to have a lot of good conversations with comedians. I think they're good foils. You can try it out and have our old uh, mutual friend, Matt Ruby, on the show and talk a little Bitcoin soon.
1: He is hilarious. That'd be great. He is funny. Super great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, good. I think this was uh, really fun. I think we're going to be on again probably Thursday this week again. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, anybody here, uh, please subscribe to the Swan Signal. It's uh, youtubecom signal. and uh, of course subscribe if you're listening to this in a podcast. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And while you're at it, if you don't mind, leave us a review. I don't know why, but the search algorithms and the podcast apps just love reviews. So help a brother out, right, Matt?
1: Help us out. That's help all we're asking. That's all out. we're asking. We're, we're getting this baby yeah. up the ground. Come on.
0: Yeah. Ugly duckling in the bright orange future. Yeah. Uh, this party's over. See you uh, next time. Peace out. Later, bro.
1: Later.